0: Amin Amin Ya Rabbil Amin. Assalamu alaykum rahmatullah barakatuhu. The way we perceive things has a lot to do with the way we react to things. It's necessary to have a larger understanding of our place in existence in order to have a broader understanding of existence. Um, the frog who lives in the well has no conception of an ocean. and We can or cannot be like that depending upon how expansive we allow ourselves to become. Um, Somebody who lives in a four block area in a city their entire life doesn't know uh, about mountains, doesn't know about oceans, doesn't know about all the various topography in the world, but more importantly, doesn't know that there exists people who speak different languages, who live in different cultures, and who have entirely different perspectives on things and are able to lead fulfilling lives in an entirely different way than we could even conceive. Which brings us to the caterpillar. Can the caterpillar conceive of a butterfly? And what does it conceive of within the limitations of its nature? Well, I have never gotten into the consciousness of a caterpillar but I don't believe that it thinks it can fly and its own experience has proved to it that it can't fly but its experience is a liar and we need to understand that We are in store for things that are beyond our experience, beyond our imagination, and beyond our ability to conceive. Think about that. You're in for some big surprises. The question is, when these surprises come, can you alter the way you perceive things to be able to take advantage of them? Or are you going to be stuck in your four-block consciousness and not be able to expand to the gifts that are going to be available to you because you won't consider them real? You won't consider them possible. And when they're presented to you, you deny them. In Surat al-Rahman, the prophet says, Which of my Lord's gifts will I deny? What do we deny every day? What's brought before us and shown to us and given to us as an opportunity that we turn away from? Because we don't see it, we don't recognize it, or our perception of things is such that we cannot place something in a different status than what we've given it. There's the story of Musa, who asked God to visit him, and uh, he was throwing this very lavish affair because God promised that he would visit him. And earlier in the day, while he was preparing, a beggar came to see him. And he asked for something, and Musa kept sending him away. And then later the banquet was set and they were awaiting God's arrival. And God didn't come. And Musa spoke with God the next day and said, we had taken all this time to prepare for your arrival and you said you would come but you didn't come and God said, the beggar that you turned away was me. And it has to do with what we see and how we see it. Allah may present himself to us as a beggar and if we have no inclinations towards beggars and we're too busy preparing for the arrival of a great dignitary we may miss the great dignitary out of preparation for his arrival. In the same way we have to reconfigure our own perceptions of ourself. Let's take prayer as a simple example. Prayer we use and believe that it can do something for us and for others. Uh, Prayer is a positive interaction. With whom? With Allah. Well if we can pray to Allah and Allah can hear our prayers, and Allah responds to our prayers, then what? It follows that we must believe that we can have a relationship with Allah. So here we are, beings capable of having a relationship with Allah. And how do those beings act? What is the status of a being capable of having a relationship with Allah? What is the kind of attitude we should have towards beings capable of having a relationship with Allah? Now, the first one we have to ask that question about is ourselves. What do we think of us, a being capable of having a relationship with Allah? What is the respect <clears throat> we give to our own entity. Where do we allow ourselves to go? What do we allow ourselves to participate in? This is a holy being. Where does this holy being traverse? Where is this holy being seen? Who does this holy being associate with? What kinds of things? does this holy being allow itself to do? Who is this being that can have a relationship with Allah? Have we ever gotten to know it? Or has our perception limited our capabilities of seeing who we really are? Do we think Whether the person with a certain degree or the person with a certain house or the person with a certain car or the person with a certain wife or the person with a certain bank account or the person with a certain title, do we define ourselves by our accomplishments in the world? Do we define ourselves by the world? Or do we define ourselves by our relationship with Allah? How do we define ourselves and why do we define ourselves that way? If we look closely at that, we'll get a lot of insight into the nature of how we perceive things. And we need to know how we perceive things in order to truly understand ourselves. And as we all know, in order to get to know your Lord, you have to know yourself. So if we keep avoiding the confrontation between ourselves and ourselves, if we keep avoiding that judgment, which is the only one we're allowed, by the way, the one of us, not of everybody sitting around us, if we keep avoiding that, then we keep avoiding our ultimate encounter we keep avoiding the penultimate purpose of our existence so somehow some way sometime we have to make this stand with ourselves and when that stand is made we have to think about some of the things my teacher said Like, when you come here, leave everything you brought here behind. Where you came from has nothing to do with this place. What are we capable of giving up that we've accumulated in order to be able to attain the treasure that is Allah? Allah wants one thing from everybody. Everything. He doesn't make, he doesn't have favorites. He doesn't ask more of me than he asks of you. He asks the same thing of everybody. So no matter how much you've gotten, that's what you've got to give up. And if you think what you've gotten is important, think of it in relationship to what you've got to give up and how difficult it's going to be to give up. So if you have three cents, is that easier than giving up a kingdom? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on your perspective. Depends on how important you hold those three cents or how important you hold that kingdom. But you got to give it up. And there's another rule. If you refuse to give it up, it gets taken anyway. So, you're dealing (laughs) with a game where it's all been set up. Now, can you understand the setup? Can you believe the setup? Well, you've certainly seen it over and over and over, and you know how it works because you've seen people drop constantly. Lots of my friends have disappeared, folks. Lots of your friends have disappeared everybody disappears what happens to their stuff (laughs) they don't take it there's a a grabbing arrangement that goes on afterwards (laughs) not always civilized but (laughs) but that's the nature of this existence and somehow we have to believe that we can fly this caterpillar has to know that it is truly a light body and that that light body is so different than this form made of the elements, that it's not subject to all of the vagaries and the hypnotisms and the magnetisms that this form is subject to. We have a part of us that is not subject to magnetism inside of us. We have a part of us that's not subject to the sparkling fascinations of the world inside of us. We need to get to know that part. And we need to believe that it exists first or we're never going to get to know that part if we can't believe that we are on our way to becoming light beings then we can't believe in our own transformation what does a light being need? does it need a house? does it need a car? does it need food? what does it need? how does it exist? think about it just concentrate on what a light being is and how a light being Would act and then apply it to yourself and then differentiate the way you are to the way that light being would be. What a great exercise for expanding yourself! All of a sudden, all of the things that bind you and confine you and keep you closed in and locked are taken away, they disappear. This shell that we have to take with us everywhere we go is no longer part of our existence. Our existence becomes light, and we are bathed in light. We're celebrating uh, Christmas in America uh, tomorrow. And a lot of the symbolism of Jesus is the coming of light to the world, the coming of understanding to the world, the coming of reality to the world, the coming as the Muslims would say, of the soul of existence to the world. In that understanding, in the season which in many places, not everywhere, tries to create a sense of holiness around this time. We become elevated and pushed to look at things in a new way, in a different way. As, 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 as the birth of Jesus comes, so is the rebirth of our soul again. And we need to go through a constant rebirth because we are either in the process of being reborn or in the process of dying. And we need to be constantly reborn because every step we take is a step ahead. And there is no end to this path. If we think that we've reached a conclusion, we have opted for illusion that rhymes if we think we've reached a conclusion we have opted for illusion makes it easy to remember the point being that there is an ongoing metamorphosis that we are going through there's an ongoing change that we are going through but we have to be consciously aware that that's what we're doing and we have to set a conscious intention that that's what we're doing and we have to pray constantly to remind ourselves that we have a relationship with Allah and that we are holy beings and we have to not only express that holiness in our intention and in our prayer but in our actions in other words we have to begin to act like holy beings. How would a holy man act in his interaction with his neighbor? How would a holy man act with his interaction with a stranger? How would a holy man act in his interaction with his wife? How would a holy man act in his interaction with children? How would a holy man act? Well, you need to find that out, and then you need to do it. And then you become that which you are supposed to be. Why are there representatives who act appropriately sent into this world by Allah? So that we can watch them and we can learn from them and we can become them. What does the Sheikh say? Be like me. Three words. Be like me. All of your teachings can be in those three words. Be like me. Become. Become the greatest thing you've ever seen. Become. Become that which you worship. Become that which you hold high. Become that. And in that becoming, understand that whatever level you've reached, there's more to go to. And that humility that knows that has to remain. So as we become larger, we become smaller. As our expansion grows and grows and grows, we become smaller and smaller and smaller. When you've seen pictures the holy men. You don't see them standing like this. You see them standing like this, head bowed, humble. Why? Because they know the truth alone is Allah. And the glory and the grandeur that is His is beyond estimation. And they are humbled by that. Let us all come to that place. Let us all be brought to that truth. Let us all follow that road, and may Allah make it easy for us. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbi, la lamine. alaykum alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.